and now since the breakup no bras no shaving no fucks given and it's been so nice hey everyone this is sarah ing and you are listening to the breakup evolution a collection of real life vignettes of how people move on from heartbreak because matter of factly breakups suck they leave us flat on the floor crying insufferably and in my case even taking a same day flight out of chicago to never return each episode is a tale of one stranger sharing their breakup story but more importantly how they moved on and evolved from the relationship this is about the aftermath how we pick ourselves up after the end of being so close to someone for so long introduce to you Pollyanna. Hi, thanks for having me. Pollyanna and I had exchanged a few emails before we met. She had reached out to me after hearing about the podcast and its topic. I was really interested in this idea of evolution and transformation after, frankly, just destructive and painful experiences I feel like the most growth happens after a rupture like a breakup and I've been kind of working through that recently with my Mm. um, last relationship ending in June. She came over to my apartment on a pretty blustery weekday evening showing up with fancy British tea and I supplied dry pineapple rings from Trader Joe's. We made some initial small talk, but pretty quickly we jumped right into the relationship. Now, I want to give you a heads up. Pollyanna is a writer, and her ability to paint a descriptive, vivid narrative will command your full attention. I often found myself completely immersed, feeling like I was part of the scene, and side note, It also made editing this extremely challenging as I wanted to leave each and every word in. We started off by discussing the modern day first impression. That is in the age of online relationships, a person's picture on an app. I was drawn to the fact that his profile photo was actually of a very large art piece, like it was a painting. And then he was like the tiny speck in front of it like he was standing in front of it and I I kind of enjoyed how he put the focus on creativity and art that's how I interpreted at least and so it was no surprise that after a few messages the artsy stranger from OkCupid asked Pollyanna to an art exhibit at NYU they started their first date meandering around looking at illustrations of brain cells I kind of almost felt like cat and mouse, almost, because as you're walking through the gallery, like, usually one of you ends up getting ahead of the other or vice versa, and on the one hand, you want to, like, show attention to the person that you're with, but not, like, too clingy, and you also want to show interest in the art that you're looking at, so I remember just focusing on one thing, and he would be, like, a few pieces away from me and I would just in my head think like I wonder what he's thinking right now and 
and he asked oh do you want to go somewhere else and i was like yeah i'd love to go to like a cafe or something because i don't drink alcohol and he was like oh i don't drink alcohol either and i was like wow this never happens especially in new york you know when people go to bars all the time and luckily one of my recent friends had just introduced me to this um, amazing late night cafe called um round k in lower east side and as in the cafe we chatted more and at some point i brought out my notebook and so i carry a notebook with me everywhere and uh we started doodling and doing kind of like a exquisite corpse it's a um a practice that was done by i think the the dada is the idea was you have a group of people in one canvas and mm -hmm. one person starts by adding something kind of like ad libs but visual and i remember he drew like a very like interesting line drawing of a like a sort of a surprised figure and he drew like a teapot because we we're drinking tea i think the date was like six hours something like that it just felt like it could just go on forever the second date we saw a movie, we saw um, Isle of Dogs, and then he asked if he could come to my apartment, come inside, so and maybe around one or so, and there was this part of me that was saying like, no, like, don't, don't let a man, like, this is gonna lead to, like, sleeping together, like, you don't want that, like, you want to, like, take it slow, remember? And I would, I think that voice inside of me was, it was there. But then there's the other part of me that's like very much a, you know, still stuck in that people-pleasing pattern. And so I said, yeah, sure, like I can show you my apartment. He did ask if he could kiss me. And I said, sure. And so we kissed and it was average. And then he asked if he could kiss me again. And then I was like, yes. And so he kissed me again, and you know, it got a little more hot and heavy, and um, I feel like I just responded to the kisses, but I didn't necessarily like invite them or say, I want more of this. Like it was him kind of going in for them. And like, I just felt like I was a mannequin almost. And then it was being um, like, worked with like you know like i was like and he'll you'll you'll have a bow here and you'll like you know do this and do that and just like it wasn't my like action it was just like i was very passive in that in that um interaction and then at some point i just said hey like i'm i'm really tired like i'm just really sleepy and um and he said, okay, I guess I'll go, and um, then in the hallway as he was putting on his shoes, he just like kissed me again, but very passionately this time, like to the point where it felt like it was past the point of no return, and then he asked like breathlessly, can I stay over? And then I just said, okay. And then, yeah, then, you know, we had sex. <laughs> and then it just, it just felt like I was going through the motions a little bit. And 
it's hard to say it out loud because I think I slept with him because I wanted him to like me even though I didn't want to do it too soon but he wanted it so I gave it and um you know he used a condom that night and then in the morning because he couldn't finish um with the condom on he said oh like are you birth control and I said yes and you know did the stupid thing of doing it without a condom um but you know in that kind of twisted warped uh understanding of what pleasure is supposed to be um, I feel like women are taught that oh if a guy finishes then that's good that's success that's like you've done it good job and I didn't of course the first time um but it felt like I was going along with his plan in a lot of ways and I, I don't want to feel like totally paint myself as the victim here because I obviously had um, the uh, the agency at the time and I think the the part that really gets to me is that it was around the same time that the season sorry um, mm. debacle <laughs> happened and I read that story and I was like holy shit <laughs> like that felt so parallel to what I experienced where you know like you go on a date with someone you really like him and then you go to his place and then like sex happens and so it just was such a eye-opening experience for me because that wasn't an isolated incident like I feel like that's been a lot of my interactions with men and so on our third date I felt empowered to talk to him about it and I told him I was upset and then um when we met on our third date it was at a Filipino restaurant and he brought over tea eggs as like a peace offering and I said hey like I wanted to tell you like I felt really uncomfortable that the last time we slept together because I didn't want to sexually and I felt it felt it reminded me of the season sorry situation like I said that like I said like I read the story and like it reminded me of it wherein I just felt like I went along with it and I really just wanted to get to know you first and then he he was shocked obviously I'm speaking from my experience and know what he actually felt but um he he listened he didn't get angry he didn't um put me down he didn't like deny anything he just sort of listened and apologized and said that um well you're right like I I wanted to have sex because I thought it would mean that you liked me and I said well the opposite is true for me because I feel like if I have sex too soon that means like that's all I'm good for on a date into the guy I'm with and so I thought that exchange was so powerful and so necessary but you know we ended up not sleeping together that night we just like slept over and um, got 
really high, I think. We like took edible or something and just like hung out and yeah. And then that just, that's how it happened. So I think that arc of those three dates is really telling of how the rest of our partnership would go. Do you think those three dates and those conversations and interactions, was that something that stuck with you during the relationship and you thought about those interactions? Yeah. Yeah, and not in a way that would actually impact how I interact with him on a day-to-day basis, but I knew that that was sort of like the foundation and it was you know, shaky at best. Um, So I felt like it was a lot of back and forth and like the push and pull and um, of course also the really amazing moments where like we would just like flow and like we had a paint night together and we painted an amazing um, abstract painting that he hung above his bed when he first moved into his apartment in Manhattan and I helped him shop for stuff at Ikea like for the apartment and just we shared a lot of creative stuff too and um he drew around me and drew me a few times and I I think I cherish those moments a lot like the the creative bonding moments I would say another highlight in a not so great way <laughs> like a traumatic maybe memory was um going to Peru together um that was our first true vacation together um that was in December of 2018 that was for two weeks uh, I ended up getting a little bit of traveler's diarrhea very glamorous we both had known that it was a threat because of the water and we at least I was super militant about not wanting to drink the water there even showering and whatever I was very much like we can't use that water to go into our bodies because then we're just gonna get sick and he's like oh that's fine and um and I got sick and I got so mad I was so upset that I got sick and obviously the first time I got that kind of sick the embarrassing bodily functions going haywire kind of sick um around your partner for the first time it's just always so embarrassing um so I just felt so gross just you know having super gross bathroom time and I told him I felt sick and I was going to take Imodium like anti-diarrheal medication he said to me like hey maybe you shouldn't take this because we're taking altitude sickness medication it might you know conflict with it in some way maybe wait and see if it gets better but my reaction was traumatized I was like how could you say that to me? I'm suffering and you're telling me I can't help myself? I took it that way and it really threw me for a loop and I just cried and I was just like, I'm in pain, like I'm vomiting out of my butt. How can I not take antibiotics? You know, just it was so painful and I don't think he understood why I was so upset. I think that's when the scientific part of him kind of took over, the emotional, like empathetic part. If I had been more articulate <laughs> and more in tune with what I was feeling, I would have said, like, hey babe, I'm actually feeling really embarrassed and really upset right now, and I think I need to hear from you that you understand that and that you see that and offer
for something else for me instead of just saying don't take that and I don't know if you experienced it before but you know when you're fighting with someone and they end up just distancing themselves from you it's such a painful experience and especially for me because I have seen it so many times with my parents my dad would always like distance himself put himself you know away from my mom and she's a slow walker and he'll never wait for her or a lot of the time he didn't wait for her and I just felt so bad for them for my mom just like oh you don't have someone who can wait for you and I think that was just a terrible bitter reminder of what that feels like would you mind telling me a little bit about the breakup So it happened kind of twofold. Um, I think what really set it off in motion was when he told me that he was planning a trip to Mexico with um, one of his female friends. And um, actually, it was kind of a residual consequence of our Peru trip because when we came back from that we were like okay how can we um deal with travel and I was just livid I was so angry and it it felt like a betrayal because while I know there was nothing sexual there and there was friendship and he told me that many times um I just felt uncomfortable but he ended up getting angry at me and telling me that I was wrong and that he was going the trip anyway, no matter what, and that I just felt like I was being crazy for expressing my discomfort and insecurity and jealousy. And that really made me distance myself. And then just three days later, um, I asked him, because we had not talked at all via text and uh, then I asked him hey like can you talk on this day I remember that morning I kind of had this like this pit in my stomach and I was like is tonight going to happen the way that I want it to happen and meaning like I thought we would just like make up and that we would like realize actually yes let's go to couples therapy or like yes let's try all these tools and like yes i'm invested in you and i had all these like fantasies in my head of like how it would turn out i even like packed my overnight bag and i had all that stuff with me and i remember seeing him when i left my workshop and I was chatting with another student and i saw him sitting there and he looked like he was a ghost of himself he looked so sad he looked so desperate maybe maybe that's not the right word but he just looked like a husk of himself and I just said what's wrong and he was like he had this like watery look in his eyes and um, he basically said you know he is not ready to receive the kind of love that I'm giving and also that um, he thinks that I'm high maintenance and that I demand too much from him and that he also thinks he really 
truly did love me. Um, and that he thinks we should break up. He was crying so much and rubbed the spot on my jeans. And people were walking by us, I'm sure, staring. And it hurt like hell, but I also felt this very calm center, like sturdy center of myself that believed in that decision. Do you remember the trip home? Yeah. Yeah, I... Having this full bag of stuff that I had packed, expecting to sleep at someone else's place, at his place, there over the train ride, back on the queue, random, so random, um, but it felt appropriate to, because I have so much love to give. <laughs> I'm just like, it feels so good to take care of someone else or something else. Cue the breakup evolution, or wait, 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 I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but at least the beginning of change, of finding things that Pollyanna enjoys. Just like doing things that make me happy. Um, I'd volunteered again at the Red Hook Community Farm, um, just tossing around compost. <laughs> that was the Saturday morning activity. Um, I cut off all my hair. I actually had very long, thick hair. Well, it's still thick, but I had long hair and bangs for probably like close to 20 years or something like that, and just cut it all off for the first time ever, and it's li been liberating. And I do believe, and it's a very superstitious, and, and I believe that there's a lot of emotion attached to hair and baggage and memories attached to hair. And thinking about cutting it all off and just feeling immediately lighter, like that was such a amazing, liberating feeling of like, oh yes, I've arrived, my next, my next form. <laughs> I have historically been a serial monogamist, so I have been really good at just having like a plan B, or a backup, and just would run to the next guy who said, you know, I'm attractive and not healthy, don't recommend it, um, but that's what I did for a long time. I think I, I found a lot of validation in men. Coming from a, you know, a history of abuse, it's something that's very common and I was externalizing my value and looking at his interest in me sexually as like an indicator of how important I was as a person. And I think I realized after that separation that I was like, wow, I... There is so much work to do, but I've learned so much that I think I would never have learned had I not gone through that with him. Now, since the breakup, no bras, no shaving, no fucks given, and it's been so nice. Like, 
yes, I still get looks. Yes, it's still mortifying and yet gratifying at the same time. I'm still in that transition phase of, okay, this is my body, like I'm getting used to it. But honestly, I'm saving so much time and money and also just really worshiping my body for what it can do. I'm just like, wow, I can grow this much hair and I'm just like running free. Like, this is great. And I, I'm just grateful that I'm able to witness that and not feel like I have to change it for someone else. It kind of reminds me of when you were talking about the second date and feeling like a paper doll. And you were saying like, be this way and look a certain way that manicured existence. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm totally like wild and free and it feels so good. <laughs>